Hi, Rebecca Shear here. Looking for more ways to circle round with us? Join the Circle Round Club and get all sorts of great perks, like a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, monthly newsletters, even ad-free episodes, and bonus bedtime stories. Support our public radio podcast and sign up now at wbur.org slash Club. Produced by the iLab at WBUR, Boston. I'm Rebecca Shear, and welcome to Circle Round, where story time happens all the time. This podcast from WBUR, Boston's NPR news station, is all about telling fun folktales from around the world, starring beloved performers from the stage and screen. Today, we bring you a taste of a story called The Lion's Whisker. It comes from Ethiopia and stars Miles Brown and Marseille Martin, two talented actors from the ABC comedy Blackish. And public radio fans, you may recognize NPR's own Ophabia Quistarpton. So, circle around, everyone, for The Lion's Whisker. One summer morning, a brother and sister were waking up from a good night's sleep when their mother called them into the kitchen for breakfast. They jumped out of bed and rushed to the table. But when they got there, they saw there was only one piece of injera left. Injera is a type of Ethiopian bread. Brother and sister both grabbed for it. I sat down first. That injera is mine. No, I sat down first. I'm always faster than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. This kind of arguing was common in the house. Brother and sister fought over everything. Turns, toys... And, yes, food. That's my injera. No, it isn't. Just then, Grandmother entered the room. Children, children, I've been listening to you fighting since you were wee small things. You're growing older now. Isn't it time the two of you just got along? But, Grandmother, he drives me crazy, and she drives me crazy. Well, children... It isn't always easy having a brother or a sister. But I may have a special potion that could make things better. A special potion? Give it to us, Grandmother, please. Well, I would. But to make this potion, I need a very special ingredient. And I am too old to go out and get it myself. It's a lion's whisker. The mention of a big, mighty, majestic lion made Sister's eyes light up. A lion? We can get it for you, Grandmother. We can get the lion's whisker. Brother stared at his sister in disbelief. Sister, you aren't thinking straight. A lion's whisker? We can't possibly do that. Brother might have been scared, but he also was curious. He watched as Sister grabbed a piece of meat from the kitchen and ran out the door. He stayed a few steps behind as Sister raced through the forest and up to the river. Sister set the meat near the water and jumped behind a bush to hide. Brother jumped behind another bush close by. A few hours later, a big, mighty, majestic lion emerged from the forest and walked up to the river. He sniffed the meat looked around, and gulped it down before slipping back into the forest. Sister was proud of herself for being so brave, 
brother was proud of her too, though he was still too angry from their fight over breakfast to tell her so. As sister headed back to the village, brother followed silently behind. The next morning, sister told brother she was returning to the river. I'll keep you company. Sister and brother walked to the same spot along the river, this time going side by side. They quietly set out two pieces of meat this time, and both hid behind the same bush. Hours later, they spotted the lion slink out of the forest toward the water. There he is! I see him! I see him! Brother and sister grabbed each other's hand as the lion sniffed the meat. Quickly, he gobbled it up before padding back into the forest. As sister and brother headed back to the village, they knew what they had to do. The next day, they would ask the lion for a whisker. After all, it was the only way to help grandmother make her special potion. And that potion was the only way to get them to stop fighting, right? So, will brother and sister be brave enough to ask the lion for a whisker? What do you think will happen when they return to the river? To find out, you can hear the rest of the story on our website, wbur.org slash circle round. Or find Circle Round on the Kids Listen app. This is Rhea from Little Stories for Tiny People, a podcast where I share my original stories for kids that everyone can enjoy. Today, I'm going to share a very little story with all of you. Oh, we are really short on time. I actually should have started already. Okay, all right, we're starting now. Here we go. Spider worked quickly in the dark of the night, spinning a web. When he was done, he swung himself to a nearby branch to gaze at his masterpiece. Oh yes, he thought, clapping four legs together, always hard to do without being awkward. This is one of my best webs. It twinkled in the moonlight. Spider loved the spot he'd found for his webs. It was perfect, even with that one problem that he didn't want to think about. Spider kind of wished there were other spiders around to see his glorious web. He imagined them saying things like, My, how it sparkles. I love what you did with that section. Very intricate. Yes, he'd love to get so many, so very many eyes on his web, but the other spiders were busy with their own webs and would probably be annoyed with Spider for making a big deal about his web. Spiders don't have Instagram either, so he decided it was nice enough to look at it all by himself. Plus, he knew that after congratulating him, the spiders would have other things to say. Things like, But why don't you just find a new spot for your webs? Don't you get tired of it day after day? (sighs) Those other spiders just don't get it. Spider waited and waited. Gosh, these insects were good at flying right near his web, but not into it. Spider watched as a firefly zipped through the air, lighting up every few seconds. Spider stayed perfectly still as the firefly veered toward his web. At the last second, Spider heard another firefly call out, Web! Eddie, that's a web! Where? In front of you. 
Oh, thanks. You have got to get better at web spotting. You can't always rely on me to save you every time. Drats, Spider said out loud, because sometimes you have to say things out loud, even when you're alone. Drats, he said again, because he was very disappointed that he hadn't had the chance to eat Eddie the Firefly. Spider began to pace back and forth, wondering how long this would take. Spider was getting very hungry, and when he got hungry, he got a little bit angry. And when he got a little bit hungry and a little bit angry, he felt, oh, wait. Spider glanced up. Success. A fly had flown straight into his web. We won't go into the details, but a little bit later, Spider was not so hungry anymore. He spent the rest of the night very happy and pleased with himself at his amazing, beautiful, extremely effective web. When Spider fell asleep, he dreamed of having bright red sneakers for all of his feet. It was a nice dream, except for when he had to tie all the shoes. That was stressful. When Spider woke up, it was later than he'd expected. Spider stretched his legs and gazed out at his web, glistening in the sun. Then Spider heard a familiar sound. It was a door opening. A human person stepped through the door and rubbed his eyes. Spider swung out of the way as the human walked forward, right into the sunshine, right into the bright, cheerful morning, and right into Spider's perfect web. Ugh, every single day, the human said, because sometimes you have to say things out loud, even when you're alone. Every single day, he said again, because he was very unhappy about being completely covered in a spider web. Drats, said Spider, looking at his ruined web, but then, as on every other day, he laughed because... It was also pretty funny. Spider fiddled around all day doing whatever it is spiders tend to do in their downtime. When the sun went down, Spider crept back and began spinning his web, quickly and quietly, in the dark of the night, in the exact same spot as before. I hope you all enjoyed this story. I had a lot of fun writing it for you. You can find many more stories on Little Stories for Tiny People wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening in. Support for Circle Round comes from Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Circle Round. That's Indeed.com slash Circle Round. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
We've been looking for even more ways to circle round with super fans like you, and now we've got another one. The Circle Round Club. When you join the Circle Round Club, not only do you support the public radio station that makes Circle Round possible, but you can get all sorts of perks, including a welcome box with Circle Round goodies, weekly activity emails, monthly newsletters from me, Rebecca Shear, and early access to Circle Round events. You can also get bonus bedtime stories, behind-the-scenes videos, and ad-free episodes. Sign up now at wbr.org slash Club. Hello, I'm Dan Sachs from the interactive music-themed podcast for kids called Noodle Loaf. Each episode of Noodle Loaf gets the whole family singing, laughing, and being fun and funky together. We love coming up with fun ways to have listeners be on the show, too. For example, here's an echo song with singing by me and my co-host Joni, as well as listeners Alexander and Lucy from Tyler, Texas, and Sivan from Silver Spring, Maryland. Now, if this is your family's first time hearing a Noodle Loaf echo song, all you need to do is sing whatever I sing after I sing it, however silly it may be. Okay, here we go.
our listeners' favorite segments is called Name That Sound. Here's how it works. I play a sound, you try to name it. That's all there is to it. For today's Name That Sound, I'm going to play a rhythm on some things I found in my recycling bin. All you need to do is try to guess what it is that I'm drumming on. Get it? Okay, first sound... Can you name that sound? What was I just drumming on? It was something that I took out of the recycling bin. And the answer is an aluminum can. Or you could just say can. Or you could say tin can. Or you could say a can that once held peanuts because that is what it once held. The answer was can. Speaking of can, can you name this sound? Go. It was plastic. Did you get it? If you didn't, that's okay. We're just playing a game. Next sound. you enjoyed this bite-sized portion of Noodle Loaf. For more interactive music-themed games and fun, find us at noodleloafshow.com or on the Kids Listen app or wherever you like to listen to your favorite shows. And oh yeah, thanks Alexander, Lucy, and Sivan for singing with us. Bye! Hello everyone, my name is Angela Ferrari and I'm the creator and host of Story Spectacular, 
I love telling fun stories like this one, the rubber ducky pool party. <laughs> one hot summer day, some pool toys were gathered up into a big red bucket and brought outside. There were so many wonderful water toys, like a pool noodle, a beach ball, a toy tugboat, and a little rubber ducky. Quack, quack. Hey, I'm a bath toy. I've never been outside before. The rubber ducky quacked. Oh boy. The tugboat beeped. You're in for a real treat. We're gonna go swimming in the pool. The toys were dumped out onto the soft grass in the big backyard. Quack. Say, where is this pool anyway? Just follow the hose. The beach ball replied as it started to bounce across the yard. The other toys skipped with glee as the little ducky trailed behind. All of the toys followed the hose and found their way over to a big blue plastic pool. The little rubber ducky gazed up at the tall walls of the big pool. Whoa! How do you get up into this pool? Just then, a red toy fire truck raced around the corner. Does anyone need a lift? Sure. The fire truck hoisted up its ladder and the pool toys climbed up. Ha -ha! Wait for me. One by one, they reached the top edge of the pool. The little rubber ducky was the last one in line and reluctantly waddled up the ladder. Quack. I don't know about this. It reached the top and looked down into the pool. Quack. This is huge, much bigger than my bathtub. Ha ha! The beach ball beamed with excitement. Are you ready to jump in, little ducky? Quack! I don't know. The water looks awfully cold. I'm used to nice, warm bath water. Ha <laughs> ha! Have no fear, ducky dear, said the kind pool noodle. Why don't I hop in first and test the water? The long pool noodle gracefully arced forward and gently dipped down into the water, then popped back up. It's perfect! Hop in, everyone! Wow! One by one, the pool toys hopped into the water. The beach ball bounced around. Radical. And the little tugboat bobbed up and down. Oh boy, this is fun. Jump on in, rubber ducky. Quack. No way. This pool is too big for me to swim in. And what if it started to rain out here? Ha <laughs> that's the point. Who cares? You will already be wet. Quack. There's no soap or bubbles. What if you get dirty while you're playing outside? Getting dirty is half the fun. Hey, look, even the fire truck jumped into the pool. All right. You got to come in, little ducky, and join in on the pool party. The little ducky watched the others <laughs> laugh and play. Quack. It does look awfully fun, but I'm scared to jump in. Maybe I will close my eyes and count to three. One, two, three. Quack. No, I can't do it. The little ducky was about to jump in, but then chickened out at the last second. 
Instead, the little ducky slipped and fell backwards off the edge of the pool and down onto the grass. The other pool toys stopped playing and called out to the little ducky. Rubber ducky, where are you? But before the little ducky could speak, it saw the hand of a little boy reach down and pick it up. The rubber ducky was being carried away. Whack. Where am I going? The little boy held on to the rubber ducky in one hand and climbed up the steps of a ladder. When they reached the top, the ducky looked down and saw that they were at the tip top of a slide. The bottom of the slide led into the pool. What? Just then, the little boy sat down with the ducky in his lap and slid down the slide. The pool toys cheered Hooray! as they watched the rubber ducky and the little boy make a big splash into the pool. You did it, little ducky. You're in the pool. What? I am. I'm in the pool. This is amazing. And so, the little rubber ducky enjoyed the rest of the hot summer day playing along with the little boy and the other pool toys in the big blue pool. The end. Story Spectacular! If you love this story, you will love other spectacular stories with fun characters and groovy tunes when you join me, Angela Ferrari, and listen along to Story Spectacular. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids. It's the book club for kids podcast. Hi, I'm Kitty Feldy. Coming up, Kwame Alexander's 2015 Newbery Award winning book about brothers in basketball, The Crossover. So, what's a crossover? A simple basketball move in which a player dribbles the ball quickly from one hand to the other. As in, Darren Williams' crossover is nice, but Allen Iverson's crossover was so deadly, he could have set up his own podiatry in practice. That's L.A. Laker Tarek Black, our celebrity reader, giving us a taste of the poetry in the crossover. We'll also hear from a quintet of readers from Watkins Elementary. My favorite thing about Kwame Alexander is that he makes you picture things it's like a film in your mind. And writer Kwame Alexander tells us why basketball is poetry to him. When you see Magic Johnson doing a behind-the-back pass, when you see Allen Iverson or Deron Williams doing a, a double crossover, when you see these moves on the court, they're rhythmic, they're concise, they're repetitious, they're, they have all the ingredients that go into making a poem. This is the Book Club for Kids, the podcast where middle school readers talk about books. We'll tell you how you can be on the show a little later on. But first, our panel of readers from Watkins Elementary, and spoiler alert, the boys discuss a key plot point in the book and even wrote a song about it. Why don't you introduce yourself, guys? Khalil Somerville. Novon Lee. Kyle Brewer. Kofi McFadden. Joseph Dale. And all of you guys are in what grade? Fifth grade. At? Watkins Elementary School. Washington, D.C. Yeah. Who wants to tell me a little bit about what the book's about? Uh, it's about this boy named Josh, Bill, and JB and their families. Josh, he likes English. He's basically the nerd of the group. 
He's the nerd of the group. And okay. JB's like the cool guy. That's of his it. brother. Yeah. What one at a time? One at a time. But when JB starts to get a girlfriend, JB starts to forget about Josh, and then Josh feels lonely, and the county championships are starting to come up, and then their dad goes to the hospital. Somebody's got to explain what a crossover is. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're all pointing over here. All right, go for so it. So a crossover is a simple basketball move when you have the ball in your right hand, well, in either hand, and you cross it over to the other hand. And also they used it as a phrase that his dad crossed over to a new life because he had passed, and the new life was going up to heaven. God. Yes, heaven. Heart attack, heart attack, his dad had a heart attack. And another way they crossed over it in the book was by was by Josh and JB. They crossed over to be friends because they used to be enemies. Talk about these two brothers. They got along pretty well at the beginning. They got argued because JB had a girlfriend and Josh wanted attention, but JB would stay, stick to his girlfriend and talk to her and every every day. And Josh left like left out, and he wanted his brother back again. Have you ever felt that way? Yes, actually, I had. Tell me why. How? Because me and my brother, we used to be close. Now we're like spreading about. There wasn't a girlfriend that came between you. No. <laughs> it was just because school. Me and my mom used to be close, but my sister came. <laughs> yeah, younger sister, is that what happened? Yep. We thought we'd ask somebody who knows more than a little bit about basketball to read it for us. Derek Black is the rookie forward with the Los Angeles Lakers. A quick shoulder shake, a slick eye fake. Number 28 is way past late. He's reading me like a book, but I turn the page and watch him look, which can only mean I got him shook. His feet are the bank, and I'm the crook. Breaking, breaking, taking him to the left. Now he's took. Number 14 joins in. Now he's on the hook. I sometimes read these, these, these type of books, and they, like, roll in my mind like a basketball. My favorite thing about Kwame Alexander is that he makes you picture things it's like yes. a film in yes. your mind. Seems like the perfect time to talk to Kwame Alexander himself and ask him about the poetry. When I wanted to write books, I knew that they were gonna be poetry books. So when it was time to write the crossover, I knew that it was going to be a book for reluctant readers or boys and, and girls who teachers and librarians and parents say don't want to read. Well, they don't want to read because uh, they're not getting books that they can relate to or that are accessible. And so for me, poetry is the bridge to get kids to appreciate language and literature. You got a favorite book? Want to be on a future episode of the Book Club for Kids podcast? Well, get out a smartphone and record yourself giving us your name, the city where you live, and tell us your favorite book and why. Email us your answer to bookclub4kidspodcast at gmail.com. Again, send it to bookclub4kidspodcast at gmail.com.
there folks and welcome back to What If World. Today we're giving you a little road trip mini episode. That's why I took my studio on the road. Yep, I'm just gonna drive around the valley for a minute while I tell you about What If World. Mr. Eric, could we just get some music playing? Well, yeah, all of my episodes have music and sound effects. And... Oh, Mr. Eric, you shouldn't be driving and recording at the same time. Oh, she's right, son. It's not safe. Oh, hi, Mamma Jamma and Papaloo. I thought if I recorded in the car, you guys wouldn't be able to get here. Oh, contraire, Mr. Eric. We can get wherever your studio is with magic. Okay, well, I hope no one else shows up, Apicus. This is a pretty small car. Good thing I'm smaller than most cars. JF Cat, what are you doing here? I came to explain how you do your show. It's a storytelling podcast. They already know it's a podcast. If you give me any more of that attitude, I'm going to turn you into a JF rat. You wouldn't dare. I'm the president of What If World. I'm uh, the president of the car right now, and you all need to simmer down. Yeah, Mr. Eric, you haven't answered a question yet. Uh, yeah, so in What If World, I uh, take questions submitted by my listeners, and I improvise stories right off the bat. Thank you, Petey. You're welcome. Now, could you get off my lap? I kind of need to pedal and steer. You're all just... Ah, uh... uh, you're not sitting on my lap, pal. Come right here and give me a jam. Or a big hug. Yeah, like hugs. Uh, everyone, just um, shh for a second. Oh, sorry. Wow, I am way out of line here. I'm just gonna zip it right uh, up. A zippity doodah, zippity days. Uh, You're not gonna hear another word out of Papaloo, that's <laughs> for sure. Nah, -uh, no, sir. That's, that was so many words. But seriously, Mr. Eric, you should tell him about the voices. Oh dear, Mr. Eric's lost his mind. I think he just means that I should say how I do. Oh, the voices. What? But I'm like my own Randall Radbot. Nobody does my voice. It's just like I like doing different voices. There's no way you can do a pirate voice. I mean, it's a pretty distinctive pirate dude. you just got really bad at doing a pirate voice right there. Yeah, I didn't. Okay, so yes, they ask a what-if question and then... Well, what you're waiting for? Play a question. Right, Papaloo, could you just hit the space bar on the computer right now? Ah, the space bar. Oh, yes, I... I know about computers. <laughs> I'll just, uh... Oh, dear. How'd you even do that, honey? Oh, the pain of my ears. Wait, no, no, okay. All right, I got it right here. My name's Gabriel, and I like sharks. And my question is, what if I lived in a world of dominoes? Thank you, bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs> wow, thanks, Gabriel. I like sharks, too, although I wouldn't really want to meet one. It's too late for that. Shark Gator! Shark Gator! Shark Gator! Better watch out. He is somehow squeezed into my Honda Civic with all of these other What If World characters. <laughs> I was trying to do the What If question. Just let me get us to What If World first, and then we'll just do like a really quick story. What if you are already in What If World? There, Elise, when did you get here? I've been here since imagination was still young, and all the children everywhere. No, she was just taking a nap in my fairy dust pouch. <laughs> 
Okay, so what if I lived in a world of dominoes, right? And then I take that question. How perfect would it be to just knock down a whole world full of dominoes? JF Cat, that's a very bad thing for kitty cats to do. Oh, hi, Fred the dog. Um, well, thank you. There's just really not enough room for you and your extra long tongue right now. What are you talking about? I just squeeze up in the ceiling here. Actually, your tongue is uh, resting on my forehead. Would you mind? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, just... Now, Mr. Eric. It's not possible for you to make up a story off the top of your head. Of course it is. That's where all stories come from. No, my stories are all 100% real. Like that time you say you defeated me in an arm wrestling match, despite the fact that I am the largest dragon in all of What If World. Dracomax, no, 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 no. You are too big for this car. Yeah, it was 100% true. I don't remember telling that story. Oh, no, no. It had one of your classic lessons. Uh, strong people always win. I have real lessons. Like that time you made me feel better about my beep boop busted antenna. Yes, yes, like that. So, what would you do with a story about dominoes? Well, it might be about how things never go quite according to plan. Like this episode, for example. Fred the zombie dog, your tongue is tickling on my ear. <laughs> oh, sorry, Calcula. Let me just move on. Fred, your tongue's on the steering wheel. Oh, stick. Look out for that domino! (sighs) Everyone okay? Yeah, we're okay. You slowed right down. You only knocked down this, that one little domino out there. Just the one domino? I was in front of a few other dominoes, yes. How many other dominoes? All of them. All the dominoes, Mr. Eric. Gosh, I must have driven into What If World again. Well, what was the lesson? Uh, don't bug your parents when they're driving? What about sharks need water? Dracovacs could you help Shark Gator get back to some water? I will just breathe water into the car. No way! You should have seen this I hope your car floats. Water. My one weakness. Outside of lasers and dogs and loud noises in general. All right, everyone. Let's get out of this wet car and start picking up some dominoes, huh? And folks at home, if you want to catch a new original story every week answering your kids' questions, check out What If World on the Kids Listen app or wherever you listen to podcasts. And until we meet again, keep wondering. So I'm to breathe out more dominoes? No, no, lift the dominoes. I will make them sparkle. I'll make them walk the blink. We're doing a really bad job today. 